How can we grow thriving, creative businesses without constantly hustling, sacrificing our mind, body, and creativity, or living a life where the fear of where the next client or customer will come from keeps us up at night or disconnected from our family, friends, and passions? This show is going to answer those questions. My name is Naftala Roberts, and I specialize in helping true creatives like yourself grow simple, strategic, and thriving creative businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's jump on in. I'm a little nervous to do this episode because my biggest fear in doing this episode is that y'all are going to judge me for the artist that I'm talking about today. You've probably already seen in the title that today's episode is going to talk all about the mindset lessons that every creative needs to hear about that can be found in Taylor Swift's Miss Americana. I know, please don't judge. The other night I was watching Miss Americana, and you need to know I'm not a Swifty. I like a few of her songs, like they're catchy and they're fun to dance with. And I grew up in Bakersfield, California, which for those of you that are from the Midwest, you might assume that all parts of California are palm trees and movie stars. And that is not true. Where I grew up the culture of the community, and I'll get to why I'm even talking about this, was pickup trucks and country music and line dancing and farming. Like that's what I grew up around. Even my mom and stepdad now live on a big property with like 70 animals. I don't even know. So many. It's like my kid's favorite place to go. But Country is a little bit in my heart. It is not all of the music I listen to. And Taylor Swift's not even country anymore. But when I think of Taylor, I think country. Because I still remember like her being this young girl who was an amazing songwriter, which she still is. And just all the excitement that happened when she burst into the scene, what, 10, 15 years ago now? I don't even though I was a lot younger than I am now. So the other night, my husband and I saw on Netflix that Taylor had this documentary, Miss Americana. And I was like, I really want to learn about her because I feel like she's portrayed one way in the media. And I would be curious about her as an artist. And maybe some of you have watched that documentary and you kind of know about the journey that I'm going to talk a little bit about today. But as I finished watching this documentary, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to talk about this on the podcast. There are so many freaking lessons that Every single creative, possibly every human, but I'm going to just focus on us creatives in this episode, need to hear. When I first created this episode, I was like, I'm going to put this later. Maybe this will be a fun summer episode talking about a documentary. 
But as the days passed, I could not get it out of my mind. So I decided to pull out my prerogative and make this episode a lot sooner in the lineup because we need to learn about these mindset lessons. Because if we can harness these, one, we can stop making a lot of mistakes that a lot of creatives make from day one in their creative pursuits and their creative businesses. And two, it can save us so much heartache and physical ache and energetic ache, all the aches, that I really am on a mission to stop y'all from experiencing. I'm going to say from the forefront, there is so much in this documentary that when you are done listening to this episode and you're feeling like, wow, okay, yeah, those are some lessons I did need to learn. Maybe not all of them. Maybe you know some of them, but we're going to talk about five. And so I think at least a couple should resonate with where you're at, whether you're at the beginning, middle, or towards the end of your journey as a creative. But I only have time for five because we all are busy and we don't have time for more than that. So drum roll, please. Yes, that was my drum roll. Not a musician. Remember, just married to a creative. I'm creative in how I approach the world, but don't ask me to sing. Don't ask me to drum roll, but I'll do it for you anyway. Okay. Mindset lesson number one that every creative needs to think through and be aware of. What is your motivation? So in the documentary, we learn that for a very, very, very long time, Miss Taylor Swift has been doing her creative action for the approvals of others. She talks about how when she was really young, the idea of being good and being like excellent at something really drove her, but how very quickly for her, others' approval started to drive her action and that doing it for others' approval really was one dangerous for her and impacted the quality of what she created. So for us as creatives, the number one mindset lesson that we need to kind of ponder is what is driving our action and how can we tell? So when I'm working creatives, either one-on-one or in another way, which probably I'll be telling you about soon. Just hear that there is going to be a community way in which you can like learn all of these lessons and really transform how you're showing up as a thriving creative. But one of the number one things that we look at is how do we create a framework for how you are showing up with yourself and with others and in your creativity each and every day? Because If you are doing your creative action for the approval of others, you stop being as effective in your creativity. So that is mindset 
Lesson number one, notice what's driving you. Do you experience extreme disappointment when someone doesn't like what you've done? Like all of us are sad. Being a creative is putting your heart on your sleeve and then walking outside and sharing it with everyone. But how do we notice that and experience that and acknowledge that, but then not be derailed by that? One of those ways is being able to say, I am not defined by what other people think of what I create, what I make, what I put into the world. We're all selling. So obviously there is a desire to sell, but sales and our numbers related to sales, they're just sales. They're just numbers. And it really comes down to just figuring out what works for you and your audience and creating a fun plan with that and then tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. Sales is not approval because people can love what you make and still not buy it. So we go into sales strategies and a lot of other episodes, but just know if people turning you down is making you feel like crap and like your stuff isn't good, then perhaps the mindset shift that needs to be made is I know that what I do is great and awesome. And I can know that to be true, whether everyone likes it or not. Lesson number two, the more you know about your mindset patterns, the more you can actively change it. So in the documentary, one of the most poignant moments that really stood out to me was when Taylor was talking to the producer and she was talking about how she used to spend a lot of time looking at images that people put out that were taken of her, whether, you know, it was her leaving her apartment or her in a performance or this or that. And she was talking about how that played mindset tricks on her. She knew that that pattern, the constantly looking at Instagram, the looking at the metrics, the looking at how many people had downloaded her latest song really quickly spiraled her into a place of comparison. And it was comparison with an unhealthy perspective as to one, going back to the first lesson, where her value was. So as artists and makers and creators and just humans, one of the mindset things that we really need to be aware of is what are our natural pitfalls for us? Are there patterns? Are there actions that can be seen as a signal to us that we are out of alignment? So with Taylor, she knows that every time that she feels really, really pulled to look at all the pictures and judge herself because her cycle is look at all the pictures, find something wrong, criticize. And I love, love, love what she says in the documentary. She says, we don't do that anymore. Yes. So what are those patterns that lead to destructive thoughts that if you could change the pattern, it won't take you down the roller coaster of that destructive thought? So what can you notice about yourself? Is it 
checking the number of downloads you get on Libsyn if you're a podcaster? Is it looking at how many Etsy sales you've made that day? What are the negative, maybe compulsion-driven actions that really are the signal that your mind is not in a healthy place because it's driving those actions are being driven by this matters and they don't metrics matter when we're thinking about making sales and all that but they matter not in terms of our approval level they matter because if we're going to improve our sales if we're going to improve how much we are able to make if our goal is to make money consistently, then we have to know those numbers. But it's when those numbers get assigned a emotional value that we really can start to cycle. So know your patterns. That is a really important mindset lesson to learn from the documentary. Three, being able to know when we know things in our mind and we can recognize them we are so strong friends like our knowledge drives our brave strong intentional action so for taylor i talk about it like i know her. she would be fun to hang out with I would, Taylor, if you're listening, I would totally hang out with you. I live in Los Angeles. I know you come here sometimes. So being willing to work hard is important. But where our mindset can trick us up is when we tell ourselves that destructive work, so work where we are harming either our body or our mind, or our relationship is the same as hard work, that is a mindset lesson that we can pay attention to. Being willing to recognize and know the difference between hard work and destructive work is essential. So when I work with creatives, one of the things that I ask for them to set up is this dichotomy, because this is a really common pitfall. I'm sure you've seen it in your own life and maybe in the lives of creatives around you, but this, this difference. So I really ask them to play out on a sheet of paper or in a Google sheet or whatever works for them in a painting. You can create this in any sort of way, but what does hard work look like? What does hard work feel like? What are the outcomes that come from hard work and what on the opposite side is destructive work how does that feel what does that look like what are some of the warning signs so if we are mindful of the differences and how often our destructive work tries to pretend that it is hard work then my friends we can really quickly be able to say, warning, warning, warning. Don't go down that path. That path is destructive and it will not lead to the outcomes that you want. It will not lead to those big dreams because destructive work is enticing because 
how we see it and what we portray it as to ourselves and maybe to others is this is going to get me where I want to go faster. It's a lie, y'all. It's a lie. Destructive work destroys your creativity. It destroys your relationships. It destroys like the you-ness that makes you amazing and awesome and such a huge impactor in the world. And it maybe will give you a burst of some money right away. Honestly, the more and more creatives I work with, the less I actually believe that. I will see an occasional sale burst that happens from being destructive, but more often than not, it causes just the artist or the maker of the creative to feel burnt out and they don't actually see any financial outcome at least not sustainable outcome from that action. So in your mind, I want you to create these lists. I want you to maybe even just put that on paper. Create a space where you lay out what does hard work look like? I'm all about the hard work. And what does destructive look like? And then put that up somewhere so you can start to soak that in so you can recognize, just like Taylor Swift had to recognize in this documentary in her life, not just in the documentary, I would hope, the difference and how those felt differently and what were the outcomes that came out of differently. Okay, the fourth one is a big one. The more you know what your opinions are, the more you can have an impact. So a lot of us go into our creative activities and we say, mm, like, I'm just going to try to be seen. And right, that goes back to the number one, people give us approval for being easygoing and being with everyone and playing these roles. But if we're not doing that anymore, right? Then the next lesson that we have to know is we have to actually pay attention to our opinions. Now, that doesn't mean we have to be rude and demanding and the opposite of what I'm saying. But we actually have to understand if we are different from others and how we can make an impact with that difference. Okay, I'm going to use an example from my own personal life and some of the ways my husband and I have played this out in how we run our businesses, but also how he shows up and he relates to his creativity. So some of you may know, some of you may not know that my husband is a creative entrepreneur. He works in the film and TV industry, and he has been doing that for, oh goodness, almost 20 years now, off and on in different sorts of ways. But he has only been doing his current role, which he is an art director, which I can, if you want to send me a DM, I can tell you what that is exactly. But he does that. And he's been doing that for about a little over seven years now. And he loves it. But before that, he was doing producing. And that also was something he loved until he didn't anymore. And then he made a shift. And I can do a whole episode on that because I think it's good to know when you stop loving things and how to like do that shift in a way that's not destructive. But so for him and for us, we have really had to recognize that one of the very pervasive belief system that is within his particular industry, and I would say the creative industry as a whole, is that 
when work comes, you always need to say yes, because you don't know when the next job is going to come from. You don't know if there will be enough next job. You don't know if you say no to this one, if the doors will all close because people in this town talk. So there's a lot of fear. Like there's a lot of fear mongering that happens within his particular industry. So I'm going to set the scene. We had planned our wedding. We had a quick engagement because I did not want to be engaged for a long time because it sounded like a lot of decisions and I wanted to put my decisions somewhere else. So I was like, don't propose until you want to marry me three months later. I know it sounds wonky, but that's what I wanted to do. So he proposed and he proposed in August and we got married in November because I did not want to be engaged for a super long time. That was a good decision for me. So flash forward, we've just powered through wedding planning, getting everything situated, and I am feeling good. And two days before our wedding, my sweet fiance at the time gets a call for work. And the call is where he would need to travel and be out of town for six months. I don't remember where to actually at this very moment. I believe it's somewhere in the South. We're in Southern California. And he would have to, they actually wanted him to fly out three days after our wedding, but he was like, I know I can't do that. Let me talk to my wife though, my soon to be wife. We're getting married this weekend and we will decide if I'm going to leave the day after our honeymoon. Now, You have to remember in this moment, he was like, okay, if I say no to this, it had been a relationship he had been building with a specific kind of group of companies. And he knew that if he said no to this, because of how his industry works and some of the fear and some of the beliefs that drive it, he might not get any more calls because he would go to the low side of that call list. So we had to decide. We had to decide, were we going to buy into somewhat the fact, but also the fear that gets thrown around in Hollywood? And I know for y'all that aren't in Hollywood, it just happens in the creative community. And we had to decide very quickly, are we going to do this? Does this make sense for us? And if we say no, are we willing to accept that either these statements that people are making, you know, people around us were saying, don't say no, even though I was in a job at that point that I could not just leave. I was working in like the corporate version of mental health at that point. So we decided to say no, and we got a lot of feedback not positive. People were like, that's a really unwise decision. Like you just ruined your career. I think some people even like hinted that he may never work again, but here's what we had to decide. And this is where knowing your own opinions is super important. We knew that that was opinion that a lot of people held. But we knew that that was not the truth. We knew because we had sought kind of wise counsel and we had sought evidence to 
decided that thought, that belief was true. And we knew that there were people that we knew that continued to work consistently, even when they said no to jobs when they came. So we said no, because we knew that our opinion was that that was a fear belief that people used to manipulate other people. They didn't know they were manipulating. They didn't think that they were. They thought they were being helpful and supportive, but it's manipulation. They didn't know that they were fear mongering, but they were. And we knew that we didn't buy into that belief. So when you know your opinions and you know the opinions that maybe are counterintuitive to the industry that you're in, like whether it's like everyone has to have an email list. Well, why does everyone have to have an email list? I don't know. Let's chat. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it does. Or an opinion like Everyone has to, that's a maker, has to sell on all the platforms. They have to sell on Etsy and they have to sell on Shopify and they have to go to local maker fairs. What are those opinions? So you have to know what others' opinions are and be able to put them in a category. Like these are opinions that are presented as facts. And then two, you have to know what your own opinions are so that you can live those and speak those because that's how in the documentary, and you can go watch it, Taylor Swift really recognizes that she's been living based on some fear mongering. She's been living based on some mental control that happens within the entertainment industry, especially for women, about what makes for a good artist, what makes for a successful artist. And she was like, no, I don't believe that anymore. And I'm not going to live in alignment with it. And what she recognized is that she found so much strength and so much power by recognizing what her own opinions were and then living authentically in light of that. So for us, we have to recognize the difference between others' opinions and facts. And when we can create our own opinions and then live in accordance to that. The fifth mindset kind of concept that I want us to look at is really quick and really easy. One of the things that I really took away from this documentary and I thought about a lot was the power of having fun. And that when we can, as creatives, make our businesses, our money-making activities fun, and when we prioritize just playing, the quality of our work is better, our relationships are better, and we're better. So When we are setting up our mindset activities, one of the things I want you to think about is, are you still having fun? And if not, is there something that needs to shift that will take you back to having fun again? Because guys, in order to be thriving creatives, we have, 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 to create environments where we still foster having fun. Because when we don't, that's when we start to fall into these patterns, these other mindset traps that I've talked about. When we start looking for others' approvals. Because if we're having fun, we don't care if we have other people's approval because we're having fun. Now we can strategically have fun. 
I love strategy, you know that, but have fun. When we're having fun, it's so much easier to see those mindset patterns that like derail us. When we're having fun, we very much can tell the difference between hard work and dangerous work because hard work can be fun. Destructive work cannot be fun. And that's a big thing I always invite people to put on their lists. Like, is destructive work fun? Do you enjoy it? No? Mm-hmm. Like, put that on the list. And when we are having fun, we are more free. We are more connected with ourselves, And so it's easier for us to really know what our opinions are and then be different. Be you. So as you kind of head out in the world today, I really want you to go through this list and think, what in these particular buckets of mindset, where do I maybe struggle? Maybe where do I get derailed? Am I getting derailed by looking for others' approval? And how is that showing up? Am I getting derailed by like not really being in tune with my own patterns? Possibly you are getting pulled into some like thoughts regarding like needing to do destructive work. Maybe you've like really dampened your own opinions for fear that you will not get work or not be paid. And maybe you've stopped having fun. So go look that out. If you are someone that is like, oh, one of these is a space that I struggle. I want you to do something for me. I am in the process of creating something really fun for y'all right now. So head on over to Instagram is the easiest. If you don't have Instagram, send me an email at info at naftaliroberts.com. But if you are on Instagram, make sure you're over there, Naftali V. Robert. Follow me there and then send me a DM and just say the thriving creative or thriving as a creative or Taylor Swift, one of those. And I want to have a conversation about these five areas. And I want to just ask you a few questions. I want to figure out if you at this moment would benefit from being a part of a really intentional community where we create a structure, a mental framework to make sure that you really integrate healthy mindset and healthy action and strategy from a healthy mindset. So head on over to Instagram, send me a DM. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. Let me know if you're a Swifty. Let me know if you watched the documentary as well. Some of your thoughts, maybe what you took away. Go forward, thrive today, be intentional, and I will talk to y'all soon. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate you for being a part of the movement that this show is built upon, which is liberating creatives and artists from their feast or famine cycle so that they become creatives who consistently make money doing what they love without the hustle, bustle, and burnout that has sadly become common for too many building creative businesses. You are amazing for going against the status quo and choosing to be a creative who is defined by thriving instead of how many things you have to do on your to-do list today. If you haven't joined the movement yet, simply review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and share your review on Instagram stories. 
By sharing and reviewing, you are helping way more creatives learn it is possible to make consistent money doing what you love without having to constantly hustle and struggle. Together, we can change the landscape of being a creative and build the world we want for generations of creatives to come. You are such a huge part of what we are doing here, and I'm so grateful for you. I will talk to you soon.